Good morning, St. Michael's. Will you please stand? Lord, we're just so grateful to set foot in this place. Every time we're here, you meet us. I just pray that you would help us enter into this new season, this season of Advent. Just let us come with expectation, awaiting your arrival, and what you're going to do for us in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
Bless the Lord who forgives our sins. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution, remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit.
be with you. Let us pray together the collect. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Children. Oh, sorry, not children. You have to wait. Stand right there. You'll be fine. You guys can watch it. You can watch from right here. Sorry. It's all right. I know. I forgot about lighting the end, which we have to do right now. This is like the countdown, right, guys? This is the countdown to Christmas. I'll wait down here. All right. Hey, buddy. I'm hanging out with the kids. All right. Well, our uh, tradition each year is to obviously light the Advent wreath. And these guys know that it's a countdown to what? What is it a countdown to, guys? Well, Christmas. This is the countdown to Christmas right here. But we like to honor uh, different people throughout our, our church for their help, their work, their uh, ministry to the church. And this, this year, we, or this week, we'd like to honor Greg and Molly Henry uh, for working on our lawn. They took a lot of time this summer, and they invested in, uh, come on up, yeah, they invested a lot of time in, in building new turf right out here in the front. It looks really good. Uh, we're waiting for spring to come back and uh, make it all green again. But uh, they they did a lot of work, and they have continued to do a lot of work, and we're really proud of them. Thank you, Molly and Greg, for coming and doing this. Thanks. This one right here. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Show us your mercy, O Lord. Thank you. All right, let's, if you would reach out your hands and pray with me, we'll bless these children as they head off to Sunday school. Heavenly Father, watch over all of these young children that you have so graciously put into our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would protect, watch over, keep them, Lord. Fill them with your courage and strength. Watch over them all their days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. (laughs) There are so many. How can I reach you all? All right, off you go. Our our Old Testament lesson this morning is from Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. 
Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. As fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down. The mountains shook at your presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God beside you who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is none who calls on your name, who stirs himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are potter. And all we are the work of your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Indeed, please look, we all are your people. This is the word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 80. We'll read Psalm 80 responsively by the Astro. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. You who dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. Before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Stir up your strength and come and save us. Restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be You have fed them with the bread of tears. And given them tears to drink in great measure. You have made us a strife to our neighbors. And our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. You have brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the nations and planted. You prepared room for it and caused it to take deep root. And it filled the land. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. The New Testament reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1-9. through 9. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, 
to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given to you by Jesus Christ, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utter, utterance and all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm to you the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. Gospel, chapter 13, beginning at, at verse 33. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the, time is, when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to Lord Christ.
I have to start by saying Happy New Year because it's a liturgical requirement. Uh, we often mention in the first week of Advent, the liturgical calendar starts with Advent, right? And we, I gave a little brief uh, talk about the, how the liturgical calendar works a couple weeks ago, but I just want to remind us that it's a time of new beginnings. It's a time for new things. And as we talk today about Advent, I don't want us to enter into this space carrying all of the lies and the burdens that we've accumulated over the past year. It's a great time in the new year to remind yourself of what is real, of what is true, and to let go of that, which is not of God. And so when we talk about Advent, there's this emphasis in our readings, and you'll see uh, in our uh, liturgy, casting off the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light. What a hopeful message. Sometimes we can feel like that's God beating us up. You wicked sinner, you. But I just see this today as an opportunity for us to enter in in a new way to the reality of where God wants us to go. So my words for Advent this year are anticipation and adventure. Now, adventure, anticipation is fairly straightforward. If you have a child, if you've ever been a child, you know that when the candles start to get lit, the anticipation is starting to build. Christmas, Santa Claus, gifts. My kids are all about that. Let me tell you. I cannot tell you how long the list would have to be to put all of the toys that they've asked for as we walk throughout the stores. I want that on my list. I want that on my list. I want that on my list. Anticipation. Anticipation. It is a holy thing. But let's not anticipate the wrong thing. Let's anticipate the goodness of God in our life. If you came into this Advent season anticipating something that you've put your whole heart on, and it's not God, now's the time to change focus. Because Christmas is going to be awesome if you're anticipating the coming Christ, the coming Christ child. But let's not get wrapped around all the things that the world tells us make Christmas good. I have like two things to say on this because I think I've heard both and both of them feel unbalanced. One of them is make sure you aren't shopping at the shopping malls. Make sure you're not getting anybody any gifts because your heart is in the wrong place. And where your heart is, there your treasure shall be and vice versa. That's not what I'm here to say today. You should get your loved ones the best possible gift that you should get them right? That's Christmas. That's what Jesus did. He gave himself. There is no greater gift. 
So you should participate in this gift-giving thing we do. And do it the best you can. The best doesn't mean going broke. (laughs) The best means doing it the best. Right? But on the flip side, I've also heard people who are like, yeah, happy Merry Christmas. Four weeks before Christmas even comes. We're not there yet. There's some work to be done. There's some anticipation to do. And guess what? Anticipation is a part of what God wants to do in our hearts and in our lives as we come towards Christmas. He uses that hope to turn our eyes to him. I have an example that I want to talk about. In this book, one of the greatest tomes ever written, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. These four kids are thrown into a place, and you can put the title graphic up because I want you to have some image in Southern California of snow. You know, I just want you guys to like remember that there is such a thing. Um, And they're thrown into a place where it's always winter and never Christmas. What an accurate description of the world today. (laughs) The, the, The baloney you're being sold is always winter but never Christmas. It may look like Christmas, it may have the semblance of Christmas, but it isn't Christmas. It's empty. And these four children are thrown into this world, and they're wet, and they're cold, and they're met by giant talking beavers. And things are weird, and they don't know what to do, but they're children, so they're a little less weird than if an adult was in this situation. Because children remember how to be imaginative and wonder and open their eyes to see And the beavers bring them into their home and they're talking about how awful it is in Narnia. The bad witch and the curse on the land. And all of this. And then they say something that changes the game. They say something that changes the entire book from a tragedy, a curse, to an adventure. They say, but people are saying Aslan is coming. And as soon as the word is spoken, even though the children, Lewis describes, even though they don't know who Aslan is, something changes in their heart and they become braver and more hopeful. Light is coming. Of course, Aslan, we know, is Lewis's symbol of Christ. And so as we enter into this season, you may be feeling like it's always winter and never Christmas in your life. But Aslan is coming. Aslan is on the move. There is hope. And that changes our anticipation from mere desperate loneliness, mere desperate thirst to adventure. In fact, the word advent and the word adventure are the same word. Two conjugations of the same word. Advent means coming, happening, arriving. Adventure means to happen, to befall, to arrive. When You're waiting on an adventure. You're in stasis. When the adventure comes, it has arrived. And a lot of us are seeing the adventures that are arriving as if there are death, as if they're tragedy, as if it's the worst thing that could happen. Like these four children, you're thrown into winter and you're cold and you're hopeless and the witch has come. But when you bring Jesus into that, when you bring holy anticipation of the rescue of God into your life, then even that terrible thing that you're facing can become an adventure, an adventure towards freedom, an adventure towards hope. 
And this Advent, as we look at ourselves and we see who we are and who we want to be, who God has made us to be, you may look at that gap and you may say, holy cow, what am I going to do? But I want you to change your language. Say, holy Jesus, what would you have me do? Right? Worshiping a cow got other people in trouble before. No holy cows in here. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is coming. Anticipation. And so everything that we read, these hard language, and we're going to read some of Isaiah today, is a reminder that Jesus is coming. And that you don't have to be hopeless. You don't have to despair. So I want you to have adventure and and anticipation this Advent. Proverbs 25.25 has been on my heart for a little while. It says, like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. That's what Advent's about. There is good news from a far country. The kingdom is coming. That song we just sang was perfect, right? It had all the anticipation built in to the idea, watch and see, the kingdom is coming. If you don't hear what music is so beautiful because it communicates more than just the words and there's this triumphant hope as that driving bridge goes along, watch and see, Jesus is coming. Whereas you read in the gospel and Jesus says, watch out, be awake, you might be tempted to hear fear and intimidation in that. You better watch out. You better not cry. Right? No, it's joy. Watch and see the kingdom is coming in your life. I'll say one more thing and then we'll read some Isaiah. We talk about Advent as a countdown to Christmas. And it is. But it's not just that. It's a re-entering into the desperate hope of the Israelites throughout history. We are called in our liturgy to remember people who desperately needed God to show up, not in four weeks, but right then. Every reading we're reading... All these prophets were under attack. They were being persecuted, destroyed. There was famine. There was oppressors. There was slavery. But we sit here so comfortable in our beautiful building in this beautiful land called America. And we know nothing of that desperation. Let me say it this way. You may have had times of desperation in your life. If you're in those times, Jesus is coming. But for all of us, who are pretty darn comfortable, we have to remind ourselves in Advent that we only exist by the grace of God and that these prayers are not for four weeks from now, but we want to see God now. There's no reason God can't show up in Advent. There's no reason he can't show up in your adventure. Yes, we're preparing for Christmas where we celebrate that he actually came, but you should be looking for him tomorrow. On that holy Monday, when you walk into work thinking, oh, four more weeks of this, that's when you should see Jesus. That's when you should look for him to show up. Advent is about looking to Christ coming where we need him most. Let's jump into Isaiah. We're going to skip some of the gospel stuff. I said all that. Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains might quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood 
and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations might tremble at your presence. Just look at the world today. Look at Israel and Gaza. Imagine the people there praying this same prayer. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, God. There is desperate need for God to shake the mountains in this world. The spiritual forces of wickedness that amass against the kingdom of God. I have great news for you today. He's won the war. And he wants you to be a part of bringing his victory to the world. By praying the kingdom into existence. By living the kingdom. By being God bearers to the world. All of this stuff. This cry that's gone throughout the history of man. God, save us. That's the cry of Advent. God, save us. Save us. Maybe today what you need to hear is save us from our own wickedness. Save us from the forces of inflation and the government. Maybe not, right? it's, it's, It's arguable. But I just want you to know that there's not a problem you have that God doesn't want you to approach him with. With God, save us. How he saves us is up to him. It never looks the way you think it's going to look. Or let me say almost never, right? There's a broken clock is right twice a day or something. Uh, So there's a whole idea here that we are to cultivate a spirit of longing for God to intervene in this season. Now, why did the Son of God come? He came to destroy the works of the devil. Well, what are the works of the devil? What are we calling him to save us from? Addiction, depression, anxiety, hate, deception, idolatry, lust, strife, greed. Ooh, shoot. The works of the devil live in me. Oh, no. God, save us. Come, destroy the works of the devil, even in my own heart. Let's be people who are light bringers. I mean, I love the symbol in Christ of the candles, right? It's talking about the light of the world is coming. Where does it come? In your heart. And it banishes the darkness. That's what Advent's about. It's about destroying the works of the devil in our life. Okay, verse 3. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down... The mountains quaked at your presence. I love that, right? Awesome things that we did not look for. Advent is about the place where even in winter, you're looking for Christmas. You're looking for God to show up. Because let me tell you, there was a whole lot of Jewish people who were not looking for that baby in that manger in Bethlehem. They missed it. They missed it. They were crying out. They had thousands of years of crying out for God to come. And who showed up? A few shepherds. Some kings that weren't even Jews from the east. Who showed up? Almost no one. God is showing up in unexpected ways in each of your lives today. Right now. He is working on your behalf. Open your eyes this Advent to see. That's part of that anticipation. When you're looking for something to come, you're much more likely to see it. 
In fact, there's this psychological experiment. I love these things, right? Where basically these guys are passing a basketball around a court. And you're supposed to count how many red balls were thrown and how many green balls were thrown. And while you're doing that, a gorilla, a guy dressed as a gorilla, comes on the court and he runs around and he shakes like this and then he runs out of the screen. Nobody saw the gorilla. They were too busy counting the balls. He doesn't impede the sight of the balls, but he comes out from behind, he does this thing and he runs away. And they asked everybody, did you see the gorilla? What gorilla? So what is anticipation about? It's about putting your eyes on Jesus, looking for him to show up in your life. Anticipate the right thing. Verse 4. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. What's this about? This is about those enemies, those works of the devil that I was talking about earlier. How is it that way? Well, let me say it this way. Ever since the beginning of man, man has been looking for things to worship. I mentioned holy cows earlier. Man has been looking for a savior. And we find our savior in the oddest things. In greed, in lust, in hate, in deception. We ally ourselves with the works of the enemy to try and save ourselves. Now, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I'm pretty holy. Sometimes I get this way. I'm pretty good. I don't do that. I would never be an idol worshiper. I know who God is. And then you have that extra glass of scotch that something in you just needs at the end of the night. Even though you know God's saying, hey, you got to preach tomorrow. This didn't happen. Let me just say this. This is an example today. It has happened. It did not happen. I'm feeling great today because I said no to the scotch. But listen. There's that moment where you just can't say no to something that you know isn't good for you. That's called worshiping an idol. You've given your will to something that's not you. That's not of you. It's of the enemy. Addiction, lust, greed, anxiety. Man, I just can't get out of bed this morning. I feel this anxiety. Well, you've been overpowered by the God you serve. The anxiety God. They literally named them things like that back in the day. I'm not even kidding. The God of fear, the God of lust. You know, you go to the temple and you do things to worship the God of lust. Now we just can do it in the privacy of our bedroom so nobody knows. All of this to say, don't align yourself with the gods who are out to kill you. The work of the enemy. No eye has seen a God like our God. What does it say? Put that verse back up some reason my uh, thing didn't actually print the verses. For from of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you. What does he do? He acts for those who wait for him. You know what's really easy about those gods? Those gods have something for you right now. You want to hate? You can hate right now. You can scroll on Twitter and find all the things that you don't like about this person. You can build your case. You can lie to yourself. You can do all these things. God often just wants you to wait on him. Wait on him. Advent, it's all about these things. 
Okay, verse 5. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you in your ways. Joyfully is such a great word because it looks just like jolly, right? It's like the same thing, right? Joyfully. I want to joyfully. I want to be jolly this season. Advent, although a semi-penitential season, is also a time to cultivate great joy. I had this uh, last night. Mackenzie was going to a Christmas benefit, my sister, and she lives with us. And she was all dressed up in her Santa's helper's costume. So exciting. And right as she walks out the door, we're eating dinner, and Reese goes, Oh, no! Christmas is ruined! Santa's helper is gone! He was so distraught. Some of the anticipation is about building the joy into the season. Dress up! Do fun things! Go to your Christmas party! Even in Advent, you can have a jolly season. Because guess what? God will meet those who joyfully work righteousness. You're not supposed to be out there like Scrooge, humbug, but I'm doing the right thing, but I hate everything, but I'm doing the right thing. It's like, I don't care how righteous you are. He wants a joyfully righteous people. And those who remember you in your ways. If you need to be joyful, remember what God has done in your life. If you can't remember what God's done in your life, go to somebody who can tell you a story about what God's done in their life. Go to the book, the Bible, the entire history of God's people. Remember the ways of God. You will be joyful. The only reason we ever are angry or sad or afraid. Let me say it this way. The only reason that we respond to these anxiety, these depressive, these rage-filled, these hateful things is because In some way, we are blind to the goodness of God, right? Because what Paul says is when we see him, when we go to heaven, we will be like him. Why? Because we will see him as he is. The more you tell stories about God, the more you remember his goodness, the more you'll be able to see him. And that will transform you. Because just to know him is to become like him. And you can't know him until that transformation happens. God's spirit will help you with this. All right, next verse. I promise there's another one. Whatever the next one is. Ah, we have all become like one who is unclean. Oh, this is the fun one. This, this one, strap in. This is where the prophet is going to tell us something about ourselves that we probably don't want to hear. We have all become like one who is unclean. All our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. There should be more after that. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. And next. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. That's pretty dismal. A couple things it said. Even the things that you do well are like filthy rags. They're worthless. And on top of that, you're not even doing things well because no one is reaching out to take hold of God. I have two things to say about this. Number one, let's not be that people. Everyone here, reach out. Take hold of God. 
That's pretty simple. How do you do it? You actually have to spend time with him. You've got to stop in the midst of the chaos of the season and ask him for help. He's a good father. He will give you what you ask. You think you're going to be on your knees asking him to show up in your life and he's going to turn you away? Heck no. Heaven, yes. He is going to show up. Ask him. Take hold of him. Reach out. Rouse yourself to take hold of him. I love that. That contrasts with what, or it's the same thing that Jesus was saying. Be awake. Be aware. Okay, verse 8. Oh, I have one more thing to say about that. What is so good about the prophets of Israel is that they never say that the problems are out there. They always come back to the problem being in here. We have turned away. Now we're being destroyed by the Babylonians, the Syrians, the endless list of people that conquered the Israelites because we turned away from God, not because they're big and bad. So think about the big bad in your life. Whoever the person is or thing is or system is that's coming against you. And remember, I have turned away. The problem in my life is because we turned away. There's no problem in the world that is not affected by you turning to God. That's the kingdom economy. When people turn to the Lord, he moves on their behalf. You don't have to go conquer the nations. He's already won. He is praying that men would turn their hearts to him. And guess what? When you turn your hearts to him, he's got an adventure for you. He's got an adventure that he's going to take you on. Okay. Verse 8. But now, Lord, you are our father. Okay. I think we might not have that slide. But now, O Lord, you are our father. You are the potter. We are the clay. That's the, that's the center, right? You are the potter. We are the clay. Now, my joke for this line, because I like to find jokes if I can, is about how if you look at Jesus, he's like a beautiful vase. And if you look at me, I'm like something your kid made in kindergarten. But that's not true. Because if God is the potter, what do you think he's making? Ugly lumps of clay? No. He's making you beautiful. I get to be beautiful. It's a little silly, but it's so real and deep and true. You are beautiful because God is your potter. Now, I promise you can resist and you know what potters do to clay that resists. They have a lot of ways of bending it to their will or even breaking it and refiring it so that they can get it to be moldable again. So maybe in your life you're experiencing some places where you're resisting and you're like, God, how long, O oh Lord? Remember, he is shaping you into something that if you could see it today, you'd be tempted to worship. That's what Lewis says. If we could see what God is making the people of God into, we would think of them as angels or God, because he's making you so good. His tools and his methods, well, let me say it this way. We all want God's will in our life. We're just scared of how painful it might be. 
but he's going to do it. He is faithful. Advent is about being moldable clay. Just think about what God has called you to do in this season. I'm thinking about, I was just writing some things. I want to be a Christ-like man. I want to see people. I want to heal people. I want to encourage people. I want to set people free. I want to be the type of father that my kids know will run to them every time they turn from their rebellious ways like the prodigal son. I want to be the husband who lays his life down for his wife. I want to be a pastor who brings truth and light to everyone I meet. Do you know how important it is to say what you want to be? We ask kids all the time, what do you want to be? That's a part of how God shapes us and forms us. You should think deeply about who you want to become. That's a part of joining with God's will for your life. Advent is a great season to get rid of the works of darkness. Put on the armor of life. The armor of life and light. In last verse, it says, Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please, look, we are all your people. Here's the best news. Isaiah's prophecy, Isaiah's prayer was answered. In this prayer, you could hear a yearning, and a longing for God to move on his behalf, Jesus came. The world is changed. The mountains were shaken. All of the things he was prophesying came in the form of Jesus. So you today, how much more so can we, with faith, cry out to God to show up in our life? Because he's already won every battle. In fact, there's not a problem you have that he didn't solve 2,000 years ago on the cross. And so as we move throughout this season, let's remember with anticipation that we are on an adventure to see the kingdom of God invade this world and transform everything. There's nothing that God will leave unfinished. There is no hurt that God has not come to heal or redeem. This Advent, let's be a people of anticipation on an adventure to see Christ come every day. Amen? As we focus on the Lord's imminent return, let us present our needs and the needs of the whole world to him. That the church will effectively prepare herself for the coming of the Son of Man. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That leaders of governments will work tirelessly for justice, which is the foundation of peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That Christians everywhere will prepare for the Lord's coming by fostering Consistent respect for all human life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be poured out abundantly upon his people to the glory of God the Father. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. That we will always be obedient to watch and pray, not knowing the hour of the Lord's coming. 
Lord, in your mercy, that we will put that we will put on the Lord Jesus Christ as we minister to the poor, the sick, the imprisoned, and the lonely. Lord, in your mercy, for our own special intentions. Lord, in your mercy. Father God, you sent us your spirit. You called us your children. Hear our prayer and give us the grace to be ready to meet your son at his return. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. With your spirit. Lord be with you. With your spirit. Well, before we go uh, begin our announcements, um, we have several opportunities for uh, helping out with our food bank over the next few weeks. I'll be trying to contact you, or you can contact me or my wife, Kelly. Uh, We've got a a Vikings uh, food pickup here in just a couple weeks, as well as toys for... uh, Toys for Tots, it's actually a different name. but um, And also, just coming out on Mondays regularly is going to be really helpful. People, uh, the lines have increased tremendously. We have at least uh, 100 families coming every week. It's adding up to about 400 people every week that we're feeding. So, please, we'd love to have you guys come out. Yeah. Thank you. Thomas, you got something you want to share? excited I am about Viking food boxes. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Um, I think we have a slide up. Kristen and I are very excited to announce uh, we have booked four days at Alpine Retreat Center for our winter youth retreat. Uh, we are so excited about this coming up. Uh, the Alpine Retreat Center where we have our men's retreat um, is very happy to have us. We locked down actually a really popular weekend. Uh, there's no school that weekend. So it's like uh, we got these four days locked in in February. Uh, so February 15th through 18th, uh, it is 7th through 12th grade. So anyone in 7th through 12th grade, uh, cost is 125. Uh, that doesn't cover the whole thing. Um, and so we have 125 per child, and then we're looking to uh, raise money and subsidize the rest uh, of the money. So uh, I'd love everyone to know the theme of the retreat this year. God has just laid it out for us. How to live filled. Not just that we get filled, but we're learning how to live filled. Amen. So uh, we're very excited. Please plan it. Put it on your calendars. Um, we do have a registration um, uh, guideline for if I could get everybody to RSVP, 
um, before the end of January, that'd be great. Uh, that way we know who's coming. We can get money in. Um, so please, if you want to RSVP, see either me or Kristen. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's going to be great. If God speaks to you about helping through contributions, please know that is God. I was thinking in this uh, live filled and uh, the prayers of the people today, it, it just stood out to me, said, we're praying that the gifts of the Holy Spirit would be poured out abundantly on his people to the glory of God the Father. And when I read that, I said, not adequately. May the Holy Spirit be poured out. The gifts of the Holy Spirit be poured out adequately or sufficiently. It's like, no, abundantly. And so that's what we're talking about, abundantly. Someone else would like to make an announcement? Shannon? Oh. Thank you. This week, tonight, catechism begins for those young people that are going to be 13 by Easter. Please come. Five o'clock here starts catechism. Wednesday is a fire night. If you've been, you want to go again. If you haven't, you want to go now. Wednesday at 7.30 for fire night. And Saturday is the cookie exchange, the ladies' cookie exchange. Um, you can always bring your cookies to me. I will help sample and judge them. Looking forward to this event and all the leftovers. So, yeah, we've got a busy week. <laughs> Amen. And Amen. everything else on your calendar, please note. Walk in love as Christ loved us. And gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God. Let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord. Just.
to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago and opened for us the way of eternal salvation that when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. So with the angels and the archangels, with thrones and dominions, with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we proclaim.
us. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, a death he freely accepted, he took bread, gave you thanks, and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to his disciples and he said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, We offer you, Father, this life-giving bread and the saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch Craig and all of our bishops and priests and deacons. Remember those for whom we now pray, Susan and Naomi and Sonia, Sandra, Tammy and Patrick, the house family, Mike and Sean, Tyler, Ed, Sherry and Soledad, Bob and Germain. We pray for our Marines and sailors at Camp Pelton and all those who serve in our armed services. We pray for Ryan also. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed, become the body of Christ in the world. Lord, have mercy on us all that you've made us worthy to share eternal life with Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Joseph, her husband, and with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who've gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who were called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy to be but only say the word, and my soul shall Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. 
the gifts of God for the people.
And they've spent, uh, is it two years? Two and a half? Two years? Two years. For training up here at Camp Pendleton, uh, they had uh, Nico in their, in their school. By the way, this is uh, Father Nicholas. This is uh, Francesca. This is Nico. And this is Jose. If you haven't met them before, they're wonderful people. We're really blessed to have them with us. But we want to send them on their way back to Chile because their, uh, their term is up and they're moving back here. What day are you moving back? 
The 15th, okay. So uh, keep them in your prayers, but uh, this, this is your last Sunday? Yeah. Okay, last Sunday. Been glad to have you as a part of our family. You've really been a part of our church family and school family. We're going to miss you guys. So, so, much. so we'd, like to, we'd like to bless you real quick, if you don't mind. What a beautiful example of how the Lord uses us. And mm-hmm. it's just, just what Jesse's talking about, each one of us called with our unique gifts that he's given us, but all for the purpose of interacting with the rest of the body of Christ and with the, the world that doesn't even know him. And we want to just send you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask you bless them and that you use them, that your countenance shine upon them, Lord. Just bless them in all that they Lord. touch and all they do in Jesus' yes, mighty name. Yes. Amen. 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 Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm miss you guys. Oh my gosh. Miss you, buddy. <laughs> hey, stand strong, memory. Amen. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, you know, Advent is a what is called a semi-penitential season. And uh, as Jesse was telling us, it's a time to really dig in and, and ask the Lord to just, uh, you know, pardon us and to increase us in our spirituality and uh, to be more Christ-like. It's a, it's a, a time of growth. You know, we have times where we, we really get to celebrate. We, Christmas will be one of those, obviously. But how advantageous that a season appears before it when we have that opportunity one more time to look within. Uh, this beautiful garment, I, I ran across this several years ago, and I, I, I just couldn't take my eyes off it. It was one of the most beautiful garments I've ever seen. It literally has a, that's real gold. It's, uh, they wove that with. And it was sitting there. It's a very unusual garment. This is a, normally worn by a deacon. And the only two options that wear it are deacons and bishops. And so I grabbed it for my blue season because every time I put it on, it reminds me there's a deacon. In every priest, certainly there should be one in every bishop. And it's, so it's my opportunity to just remind myself and also to enjoy the, the beauty of this garment that somebody made. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful time of the year. It's a wonderful time of the year. And I guarantee you, as you press into this, it'll make your Christmas season so much more Powerful and wonderful. Amen. 
<laughs> that could happen. St. <laughs> Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of souls. The Lord be with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Remember the gospel God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world himself, not counting men's sins against you. God loves you and he's forgiven you. He's not angry and he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Shake up the ground for my tradition. surrender